guys, and welcome to Conversations with Carissa, a podcast where we'll have conversations so that you and I can learn and grow from the wisdom of others. Hi, guys. <laughs> mm, that was like a, that was like a uh, kind of laugh <laughs> today, but I'm just going to get right into my gratitude because I need some of that today. I am grateful for, and as usual, take a moment for your own. I'm grateful for friends that can fill in the gap, or if I can be the friend that fills in the gap for taking something off someone's plate. So thank you, Catherine, for taking grocery shopping (laughs) off my plate this week. and being able to just do that for others because sometimes you just need it. You need a little bit of that support. And my quote of the day today comes from Drew Barrymore. It was in the podcast with none other than Jay Shetty. He is one of my favorites. The context is they were having a conversation surrounding her in the like movie industry and interacting with a lot of people and getting frustrated. And so she said this, I think so much of my adult life is becoming about the mastery of reaction, knowing I am the only thing I can control. And so today's episode about how to get through a lull, and I'm still kind of in my lull at the moment, so it's kind of like pouring with a glass half full, but this is kind of what I've been doing to slowly but surely get myself out of it. And a lull can just be defined as it can be a really, really low point in your life, or it can be just where you feel like you're going through the motions. And I definitely still have glimpses of me having really amazing times, but I just feel like there are periods in my life where I'll take videos and I'm like, dang, this part of my life is like, like what's going on? Something feels off. And I've gotten that feedback from a lot of people, like something feels off at this point in the year. So it ties all back to this quote, because I feel like sometimes in life, you can't necessarily control your initial response. Sometimes you just have bodily responses to things, but the other half of life is just mastering how you react. And so the first part that I wanted to talk about is acknowledging that you're in a lull. I feel like some people may pass it off as, oh, it's just one thing after another and then another and then and they're just trying to get through each thing, but not really acknowledging that there might be a broader pattern associated with what is going on. And I guess that's kind of in the like 10, 12 step program, acknowledging that there's a problem. And then the next thing that I wanted to mention is understanding your reaction styles. So some of the ones that I just kind of came up with on my own or I've seen is avoidant, distracted, empty, and cocooning. So these are the different reaction styles. Avoidant, I would say, is someone who just doesn't really want to talk to you in that moment, or they just kind of shut down. Or for me, this sometimes happens where I don't really want to talk to anybody. I just want to be alone. And that goes along with, I guess, the last one that I mentioned, cocooning, where you tend to turn inwards and that's not a bad thing but being in the cocooning stage and avoidance stage for too long can sometimes create more of a feedback loop with yourself 
at least that's what I experienced. The other reaction style that um, I wanted to mention is distracted. I feel like I fall into this a lot. So I actually talked about this with my therapist is I will go on my phone for so long, like doom scrolling. Or there was another word that I used for it and he laughed, but <laughs> I will just sit on the toilet and for anyone who knows me, if I am on the phone on my toilet posting a be real or sending you Snapchats, I'm probably not at the best point in my life <laughs> because that means I'm just mindlessly seeking instant gratification. And I'll talk about it later, but there's micro decisions. Actually, I can just talk about it now. Like one thing can lead to another and another and another and another, and it just starts to compound. And so for me, when I'm on my phone, I have a hard time actually trying to understand whether I'm really trying to get something out of scrolling, which most of the time I'm not, or it's just serving to kind of numb something else. But there's a bright side to this in that I can acknowledge that that's my brain looking for rest. I know that may seem counterintuitive that we're, that I'm trying to fill my brain with the next thing and the next thing, but I've learned that that's my body's sort of reaction when I actually want to slow down or it's needing some sort of relaxation and it doesn't quite know how to get that or it knows, but this is what is the easiest way? So that's another reaction style is distracted. Another one that I had mentioned is empty. And I feel like this shows up in my conversations or again, in scrolling. So all of these are really interconnected for me personally. Empty means I just kind of am an empty shell of a human when I text or when I am in person with people, I feel like my smile is more pulled by a string than by genuine feelings. And this is usually when I take forever to respond to text messages. <laughs> and people call me out on that. But honestly, at these points, sometimes I just feel like I can't give my all to a message. And this is definitely something I'm working on, especially when it comes to work or clubs. I feel like the need to reply, but honestly, when I'm in a lull, the last thing I want to do is text people back because I just don't like to give empty text messages or empty ha ha ha's. I really like to be present even in my messages. So that is a reaction that I tend to have. And if I'm not cognizant of it, it will consume me. So I want to go into response styles. Some of them include alone time, sleeping and self-care, saying no, getting stuff done, and feeling your emotions in full. So in no particular order, I will start with the last, which is feeling your emotions in full. To be honest, I kind of had a, not my favorite day today, but that's okay. And I felt like I acknowledged that I needed to be alone at the very end of today. And if it took yelling in the shower, crying in the shower, so be it. But I wanted to feel it in its entirety because I didn't want it to get shoved down or ignored. However, when family started to call me, I just really wasn't in the mental headspace to 
talk about my thoughts cohesively. And so it's okay to feel your emotions in full. It's okay to not fully understand things. But I think when you know that you need that, I tend to have, I'm trying to create this line where it's like, honestly, I'm not in the mental headspace. And I feel like I don't want to take out any anger or any emotions out on other people. So can I please have space? And trying to come back to that line is really important to me because I know that if I don't, I can get like hot headed or um, angry, but I'm not really angry at the person. I'm just kind of angry at or sad about something else. So feeling it in full, tying that into alone time, if you need it, take that time. The biggest thing as part of these response styles is saying no. And if you are one to get distracted as I am, (laughs) I tend to also distract myself with people. So I know it's weird. I'm like avoidant and cocooning, but at the same time, I tend to distract myself by going out and like grabbing coffee and not really showing up as my present self. So sometimes I do have to say no to going out so that I can spend some time alone. Now, what does this alone time encompass? It usually varies. I mean, I think that cooking for yourself or just finding something that you really love to do alone is important. And if you don't have some of that alone time set aside for when you are in a good mental health space, you might not be able to do it when you're in a bad. So even when I'm in a good mental headspace, I love to journal about how my day went or what I'm grateful for. And when I'm in a bad state of mind or not so great, I like to do the same, go back to the journaling, go back to my practice of meditation and bread, breath work, <laughs> bread work. <laughs> Some people's is baking. Catherine, she loves cooking bread <laughs> or like making something for people. I know another girl, uh, I forgot her name. She's like a famous fitness lady, but she hates meditation she does not think that is like a conducive alone time for her because she just cannot sit down and for some people that's fine but her favorite way of getting some alone time and mental clarity is actually jumping rope like for some reason she's really good at it and when she just listens to the tune of the song and she calls it skipping because she's a think from Britain (laughs) but when she skips to the song and like all she has to focus on is that beat and staying in line with it or else you're gonna get hit by the jump rope so that's her form of alone time and that's okay what are some other examples I know my friend Noah he likes to go on walks just to like clear his mind some people like designing stuff for me at one point it was calligraphy and just drawing in my bullet journal for some people it's working out and for me sometimes it is working out but other times that is also just serving as a distraction because I'm around other people um but you gotta kind of go through these lulls and figure out which one is good for you in that point of alone time another thing that I feel like some people are very not great at is sleep as self-care I am one of these people (laughs) actually and my therapist had to tell me, he's like, you know, like sleep, get it ingrained in your head that sleep is a form of self-care. Some people tend to push it off as the absolute last thing. And I know that for me, that's easier said than done because I feel like I need a whole bunch of planning in order for my week to go well in order for me to spread out that sleep. 
But genuinely, I feel like when I am well rested, I can go throughout my day, go throughout my workouts with a lot of mental clarity. So just prioritizing sleep as self-care when it needs to be done. Now, here's the other thing. Getting stuff done can also be a form of self-care. And I feel like in these last few days, when I had midterms due, like midterm essays, I felt more anxious meditating than when I did finishing up my essays. So to some degree, self-care isn't always the meditating, the jumping rope. Sometimes it is doing small things to get something done, like doing your laundry as a form of procrastination, but at least you're getting something productive done or doing your dishes. Um, If that is like something that is consuming your mind, starting an outline of an essay, just literally taking the tiniest steps to start getting stuff done can be a form of self-care if you know that sleep or meditation is not going to do it for you in that very moment. And that's what makes it so difficult with these lulls. It's like, how do I pick which one? How do I pick a response? But that's just what some experience will do. (laughs) So those are some response styles. I know that was kind of all over the place, but interconnected all at once. So the other thing that I wanted to talk about kind of separate from response styles is micro decisions. You can Google this chart. It's in Atomic Habits. And basically, it's it starts off with one micro decision and then it branches off into two and those two branch into three. And then those three branch into like another three. And if you can imagine, it's like a tree's roots. And it all starts with one or two decisions. Like it can split off in many different ways. So it's like the quote unquote good pathway and the quote unquote bad pathway. Or you can just kind of say like they're different pathways. But for me, I know that one small micro decision, like bringing my phone on the toilet, bro, bro, this one is the one for me. It, it came to the point where I had to put up a, a sign because I know I'm more neurotic and neuroticism just kind of means you need external reminders. But I put up a little sticky note. It was like no phone zone in my bathroom. And it worked for a little bit, but I didn't get to the deeper root of that issue, which was like I needed time to relax and intentional time. So once I did it once, like I brought my phone in, even though I saw the sign, it completely crumbled. So I have noticed that when I make the micro decision of literally chucking my phone on my bed before I go into the bathroom or turning down the music or turning off the music to whatever I'm listening to, that super small decision winds up saving me like an hour of time uh, rather than going on the toilet and sitting on my phone for an hour. Now, I'm sure many of you probably have other things that if you just make one tiny small decision, it can affect the way that your whole, the rest of your day operates. Now, what I don't want this to get conflated with is that if I don't make the singular, perfect one decision that I will fail with the rest of my day. That's not the thing. It's just use that to your benefit. Because another thing I have mentioned this so many times that the book mentions is just don't let it happen twice. So if you bring your phone on the toilet that one time, just don't let it happen twice. Again, so much easier said than done. I'm honestly saying all this stuff as a reminder for myself 
kind of like a venting session, <laughs> kind of like a mini conversation with myself. But yeah, last thing that I want to say is you got to understand what style works for you. For me, I just kind of thrown out a lot of the things that are about myself because I mean, I'm not a professional in any of this. I just have lived the life that I have. But there's some people who love to work around friends who find that when they are around other people, they are more effective and they like to set up that study time or that essay time with other people and it works awesome for them. Cool. Good for you. That's honestly not me. <laughs> the other thing is some people like accountability partners. So even if they're not working together, like they'll set deadlines or it's like they'll text I've heard, who was it that told me every morning? Oh, I think it was, I don't want to mention his name because I don't know if he wants to be name dropped, but there's someone who texts his friend every morning, like, hey, good morning. I just made my bed. And that was like a tiny little micro action that set him up for success. And the other person would text back, hey, made my bed too. So if that's what you like, awesome. If you're more of a cocooning or inward person like me, <laughs> I like to set deadlines for myself because so much of the school system has been ingrained in me since, I mean, we've done it for what, 21, 20, uh, however many years I've been in school and the deadlines that my school and my teachers set for me feel so much more solidified than the ones that I set for myself for some reason. So by putting it in my calendar or by putting it in my planner and just setting hard deadlines for myself, I feel like that is what will get me going. But that's not for everybody. Some people need another person to set that deadline for them. Yeah, you know what? At the end of the day, that's all I have to say. <laughs> I'm trying to get out this lull. I hope that you can get out of this lull too with some of these tips. And if not, share them with me. Share me, share me, share with <laughs> Share with me how you get out of your lulls because I would love to hear and I would love to learn. Everyone's got room for improvement and I definitely have plenty to go. <laughs> so thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you coming through this lull with me and I hope that, and I know that you can get through yours. Just speak into existence now. We're going to get through. We're going to get through this lull. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Goodbye. Love you. You're loved. Love ya. As Emma Chamberlain said, okay, bye, 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 bye. <laughs>